What do you call music that flows freely across the borders separating pop, rock, jazz, and classical? At the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, we call it Liquid Music. And this podcast, Liquid Music Playlist, is a place where you can tap into it. I'm Steve Seal from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. In these podcasts, we talk with some of the most adventurous and genre-defying composers, musicians, and performers in new music today about their own music and about other artists that they're listening to. It's all part of the flow of liquid music, where the exploration of new ideas and the celebration of new sounds never stops. Support for Liquid Music Playlist comes from McNally Smith College of Music, a contemporary music program that provides an education focused on artistry, technology, and entrepreneurship. Check them out, mcnallysmith.edu. Right now we're listening to a bit of the etude from Ben Hirtzman's String Quartet No. 2, performed by the Spectral Quartet. The Spectral Quartet was founded in 2010, and it's part of a new generation of forward-thinking, genre-blending ensembles. The group has been acclaimed as one of Chicago's most exciting and innovative new classical groups. Today my guest is Doyle Armbrust, violist with the quartet. He'll talk with us about the foursome's unique approach to concert programming, and he'll also introduce us to a piece of music that he'd like us to hear by a composer considered to be one of the most exciting new voices of the past 20 years. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But first, welcome Doyle. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Doyle, uh, listening to this music that's playing in the background here, we can immediately tell that you guys are not a traditional classical string quartet. You do, of course, play the ages-old lineup of two violins and viola and cello, but how would you describe the kind of music that the spectral quartet is drawn to? Is there a common thread that runs through the music that you guys seek out to play? Absolutely. First of all, we didn't want to get pinned down early on to just being a new music ensemble or a traditional string quartet, and so... The baseline for us is that we play music across all the eras, and that keeps things interesting for us. Uh, as far as the kind of music that we're drawn to, specifically in the in the new music realm, I'd say music that is trying to take the string quartet somewhere where it hasn't been before. Uh, while we play a lot of the different flavors of new music out there, I think really we're, we're drawn to something that... Uh, not necessarily has a new technique or a series of new techniques in it, but that is unlike anything we've heard before. There's another genre that you guys have dipped your collective feet into, and I gotta say, it's not a genre that one usually associates with serious or academic music making. So tell me about your ringtone project. Uh, we have 40 plus composers writing us pieces that uh, range in length from one second to 20 seconds, I think. And uh, you are able to from our website, uh, download these to your mobile device and use them as ringtones, as text message alerts, as wake-up alarms. And we were blown away by the, the response that we got back from composers. You know, Who did had, you get? Well, the <laughs> we landed some big fish on this one, and that was really exciting. Uh, so the ones that I was particularly keen on, uh, Nico Muley and David Lang. Superstars, total of the superstars. New classical. Uh, Anna Thorvald's daughter and Suzanne Farron. And yeah, it was it was funny. At first, we thought, well, this won't seem like a big deal to them because we're asking them for you know two seconds of music or something. And yet, actually, some of the bigger composers were a little nervous at first. Like, how am I going to say anything in that amount of time? But the way that they 
took that particular format and considered the fact that, you know, of course, a ringtone will cycle back on itself. Right. So how do they navigate that? You know, those, those sorts of elements, the way that each composer came at that was really pretty thrilling. I'm Steve Seal, and you're listening to Liquid Music Playlists. My guest today is Doyle Armbrust from the Spectral Quartet. So it's now time for our recommended listening part of the podcast, where we ask our guest to pick a single piece of music that excites them or maybe just something that they think more people ought to hear. All right, so what have you brought with you today, Doyle? So I've got a piece that's important to me personally, but also to our quartet. And uh, the composer is Thomas Otis. He's a British composer. Some people may have read of him because he was a bit of a wunderkind. Uh, He was winning big awards in his early 20s and was championed by some of the big conductors around the world. He has an album that came out, I think, in the mid-90s called Living Toys, and it includes that piece by the same name and also a string quartet called Arcadiana. And so I'm in grad school in 2001, and a conducting student hands me the CD and says, whatever you do, go listen to this thing right now. And at this point, new music is something I'm aware of, and there are a couple of composers I'm into, but I'm not really deep into it like I am now. And I go listen to this album, and it absolutely blows my brain open. I mean, I just am completely stunned and just can't stop listening to it. Uh, Flash forward to 2010, uh, when we are starting out as a quartet, and... uh, I think it was Austin, one of our violinists, said, we got to play Arcadiana by Thomas Otis. And we buy the scores to this piece and are just devastated by how difficult it is. I mean, it's unbelievably challenging. But we dig in, and it becomes a piece that we've actually been playing ever since. And I think that Thomas Otis is a great way to get into new music, concert hall new music, for a wide variety of listeners because I think that his music is just engrossing right off the bat. Even if it takes a little while to unpack, it's something that's going to draw you in really quickly. Now, I got to say, the first four sections of this piece, it seems to me, are some people might think they're a little thorny. Uh, There's not any sort of overt melody that's presenting itself necessarily. How would you help someone listen to this music if they weren't quite sure what to do with it at first? I think Otis gives us a bit of an inroad. So the piece is based around uh, this idea of Arcadia, this sort of unreachable, unattainable paradise. And each movement speaks to that in a different way. So already you sort of have a narrative of some kind to jump in. Um, Let me stop for a second to say that those first-time listeners are actually the audience members that we're most keen on. That's really the listener that we're aiming for. Our, Our way of sort of pitching the piece 
to an audience, we do a lot of talking from the stage, was uh, one of our members actually wrote up some sort of surreal poetic narrative um, for each movement that we would read before playing the piece. And this had the, the function of just giving someone something to listen for versus being bowled over by the piece sort of as a, as a wall. In the beginning, you have this sort of perverted Viennese waltz that, for some reason for me, drums up this idea of some kind of opium haze and <laughs> like a, maybe somebody sort of like, you know, a, a gondolier going through the, the waterways. And uh, the movements that the audiences tend to really take to are the death tango, uh, which is movement four, I believe. And P.S. has an amazing viola solo, so of course I love it. <laughs> um, but it's this just incredibly kinetic movement where these two dancers are literally dancing each other to death. You talked about when you first heard this piece, before you'd seen any mm -hmm. of the score itself, right. you were blown away by it. In fact, you had a friend bring you the, the CD that this was on, and they were already super enthusiastic about it. And then when you heard the piece yourself, you, you had the same kind of reaction. So what is it about it purely sonically, uh, besides what's on the page, before you could even see what was on the page, that was so impressive to you? I feel like you're, you're taken on this, uh, I'm sorry to, to put it this way, but on, on a real journey from top to bottom. And, you know, you mentioned the first few movements might take a little bit to get through as a, a first-time listener, but you get to the sixth movement, O Albion, and... It's just this elegiac, oh God, gorgeous it's just, thing. Yeah. It's really one of the most beautiful things ever written. And I'm going to force my quartet to play it at my funeral because it's just the most <laughs> oh, amazing man. thing ever. Um, but it's, it's, it's incredible yeah. because it's it's fully tonal harmonies. It's a total moment of catharsis. So even if you've been a little you know whiplashed by some of the earlier movements, you get to this moment, and if you aren't completely moved and stirred by it, you need to get that checked out because it is simply stunning. And back to this idea of what it's like sonically, so it's based around this idea of, of an unattainable paradise, right? And these movements sort of disappear, and especially the end of the piece disappears in a way that you can sort of imagine, you know, these figures sort of sailing off to this magical island and never to be seen again. Like, I, I feel like it's, it's very evocatively um, delivered by the composer.
Arcadiana by the celebrated contemporary English composer Thomas Addis. The excerpts we heard today were performed by the Calder String Quartet. Doyle Armbrust, thanks so much for chatting with us today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Doyle Armbrust plays viola with the Spectral Quartet. The quartet's latest recording is From This Point Forward with the accordion and bandoneon player Julian Labro. This episode of Liquid Music Playlist was brought to you by our friends at McNally Smith College of Music. Based in downtown St. Paul, the school puts a focus on providing the skills and education needed to prepare their students for a contemporary career in music. More at mcnallysmith.edu. Liquid Music Playlist is a production of the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Learn more at liquidmusicseries.org. The creator and producer of the podcast is Don Lee. Kate Nordstrom is Liquid Music Curator. Matt Tucson is Executive Producer of Digital Media. We had help from Charlie Christensen of McNally Smith and Liquid Music interns Patrick Marschke, Lauren McNee, and Carla Braum. I'm Steve Seal. Thanks for listening to Liquid Music Playlist. Mm-hmm.